Wall Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, while the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom, Tyco CEO Dennis Koslowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. It's New Year's Eve. You're partying, dancing, having the time of your life. The clock strikes midnight. You have your New Year's kiss. It's a cause for celebration. A new beginning for a new year. Now, what if someone wasn't able to celebrate that new year? What if their new beginning was cut short because their life had been stolen from them? This is what happened to Michael Griffey, the businessman from Australia who was slain in his own garage while his family and friends partied the night away in the next room. How did it happen? Who did it? Find out on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Oh no, we're going down under again. I know. You know what? I thought my New Year's celebration was a little bit shitty this year. Um, It was a lot better than this. Yeah, you didn't die, as far as I know of. You might be a ghost. Nope, I didn't die. I had sushi with my friend Lexi, which... It was a good time. It's just I wanted to be a little crazier. It was just you and one other person? Yeah, because it was Delta was raging. What are you for? Oh, oh, I forgot the pandemic. The pandemic. Thank you for coming to our season finale of White Collars, Red Hands, season seven. Lucky number seven. Say your name. Uh, uh, you put me on the spot. What's my name? I don't know my name. Hi, I'm Kashan. And I'm Nina Kern. We don't we always forget to introduce ourselves. We do. I mean, honestly, if you're just jumping in here, it might be kind of weird. Most of the people here probably know us by now. Yeah. Well, but you know what? It's always a good time to make new fans. The more the merrier. It's true. Uh if you don't know anything about Nina, you will soon. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something about more the merrier. I was like, wow, that's really rude to talk about my body count on here, but it wouldn't be the first. (laughs) See, and now you know something about her. So I was true. When I said you will soon, it came even sooner than I thought. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, anyway, this week we are going to the land down under. That's right, Australia. I, you know, I didn't realize how many of those lyrics I didn't know until I looked up the song today because I was going to make a pun and then I forgot to do it. That sounds weird. Yeah, the lyrics actually don't make sense if you read them. Do you speak of my language? He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. And he was six foot tall and full of muscles. Why do you know all that? I know a lot. It's you've you've got my superpower. I know a lot of lyrics to a lot of songs and I don't know how. Huh. I've never had Vegemite. I've heard it's bad. I've heard it's bad too. It's like shitty Nutella. I love Nutella. You would you please stop saying Nutella? What? what? It's made of, what is it made out of? It's made out of hazelnuts, right? Hazelnuts, not hazelnuts. Okay. So it's Nutella. You absolute madman. 
I'm supposed to call it Nutella? Yes, because it's made out of nuts. <laughs> it feels so wrong on my tongue. Dude, stop saying Nutella, please. You're I'm gonna not going to stop. You're going to get us beat up. Uh, really? Everybody calls it Nutella? Yes, because that's what Am it's I called. Am I the only one who calls it Nutella? You know what? Leave that in the comments. Do you call it <laughs> Nutella? Please prove me right on this. I will explode if I'm wrong. Hey, that's a good poll for our Instagram. There we go. Marketing. We're learning how yep. to do it. We're, try- we're trying. We're trying. I'm not doing a very good job. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, this is actually our second episode from The Land Down Under. We did that other one about the um, Guns N' Roses guy. See, it's funny. You put Guns N' Roses, and then I changed it on the outline. And uh, It's just, ACDC. And you went off book. It was <laughs> ACDC. ACDC. It was Phil Rudd is That's also his name. Which you said, I don't know his name. And I was like, bro, it was your episode. I know. Phil Rudd. I know. You didn't remember the band. It's ACDC. But, but listen, I do remember that he tried to kill people and that he owned a steakhouse. Guns N' Roses is an American band. You're, ACDC at least you know is what? an Australian band. You're right. It was called Akadaka because we made fun of the way Australians Akadaka. said ACDC. Also, when I was watching this documentary about this episode to this today, not this week, whatever, it doesn't matter. There's so many words that I was like, I don't know what that means. They were like, the boot of his car was up. And so, I was like, what the boot of his car? That's a the trunk of his car. Uh, so it's just like you reading like anything. Um, yeah, but a little worse, but a little bit worse. All right. So today we're going to look at the haunting tale of Michael Griffey. He was an, that's my ghost voice. Great. You know, this is like a real man who died, right? It's not like the story of a Christmas carol. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Honestly, he died really tragically, so he probably does have a ghost. So anyway, what we're talking about today is one of Australia's biggest Murder mysteries. That's right. You heard me. Mystery. So that means we don't know who killed him. Oh, wait. I think I have a sound bite. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. Mystery. Mystery. So Michael Griffey was a 45-year-old man who lived in Packham. I hope I'm saying that right. Victoria, which is um, in Australia. And it's at the bottom of Australia because I didn't know. So if you're wondering, it's towards the bottom. It's in the taint of Australia. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, it kind of is in the taint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he and his wife, Diane, they owned a company called D&M Plaster Transport together. And they got married in 1985. They put her initial first. That's progressive. Yeah. All right. Well, M and D doesn't sound good. D&M sounds better. All right, you got me there. Yeah, You're right. It just does sound. You're right. Um, the company was successful, and they were able to actually live extremely comfortably. They lived in a $500,000 mansion complete with a tennis court and a swimming pool. And Griffey also owned a Monaro, which is a car that is only found in Australia. It was his pride and joy. And this Monaro is exclusively in Australia, made by General Motors. The couple had three children, Kenny, Natasha, and Cassandra. Griffey was described as a go-getter, and he donated a lot of money to local charities, and he really wanted to, and he really seemed to want to help out the community. He also coached the under-12 cricket side, which cricket, if you don't know, is kind of like baseball. Um, They play it in Australia. Do they play it anywhere else? Uh, it's also big in India, and it's also big in the United Kingdom. Basically, anywhere that was connected to um, 
Britain and the British Empire. Anywhere that was connected to colonialism. Which is like half of the world. So mm-hmm. it is played a lot, just not America, because we were like, no. Nah, Baseball. We're making something that's almost the same, but different enough to call it our own thing. And then we invented baseball. Nice. Uh, also, they're, they have a, it's a plaster, specifically a transport company. So I think they just like move plaster between mm-hmm. places and that's mm-hmm. the whole business. And this man's still a millionaire. So, yep. yeah, I, you got to move your plaster. There's a million ways to skin a cat, I guess. Yes, there is. So at the time of his death, Michael Griffey was worth $2.4 million. That's a lot of millions. Yeah, it's more than I have. Mm-hmm. According to their son, Kenny, because on the outside, they have this really beautiful home. They have a successful business. They really seem like a family who has it all together. However, according to their son, Kenny, the family was living way above their means and they started to have financial trouble. Trouble in plaster paradise. Yeah, They ended up accumulating over a million dollars in tax debt. And the bank actually made them have a meeting because their finances were, quote, unquote, catastrophic. I hate meetings, especially if the bank's the one calling me. Oh, my God. We need to have a meeting. I didn't even know they would do that. Well, I mean, not with you, because they would just call you and be like, hey, Nina, you overdrafted because you bought too many mozzarella sticks again. You got to you got to stop. You owe us thirty five dollars for every single mozzarella stick that you overdrafted on. (laughs) And also, I guess it makes sense that they were calling them because it wasn't just their personal accounts. It was also their business accounts that were, like, not doing well. All kinds of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't help that Griffey's $200,000 BMW was also stolen as well. Stolen? Yeah. I saw this again. Every time I see someone, if they're going through financial struggles and something happens to get stolen, I'm like... Mm, did you sell it on the black market and now you're trying to get an insurance payout for it too? Probably. Mm. Checks out. Sus. Checks out. Um, the company checks were also bouncing and some believe that Griffey's wife, Diane, was actually doing this on purpose because she was mad at Griffey. Isn't it also her account? Yes, but crazy women do crazy things. I crazy people do crazy things. I guess that's fair. Um... Well, like I said, and, and you said, you even brought it up. You said, isn't it that part of her? Isn't this her company as well? Why would she do that? Well, I mentioned earlier that Griffey was well-loved by the community. Yeah, everyone loved him on that cricket side. Yes. Wow. He really was well-loved, if you know what I mean. Uh, he actually had a string of affairs with multiple different women, and a lot of these affairs happened at the same time, and there was notes that, like, he bought cars for these women, he was financing their rent, stuff like that. He was kind of basically like a sugar daddy in a lot of ways to Bro, some of these women. You don't even have the sugar to, to, to be the sugar daddy for yourself. You can't right. be a sugar daddy for other people. You're right. not Willy Wonka. Where are you getting all this sugar? Like, sir, you've, you've got... A teaspoon in a five-pound bag, you know? Yeah. And he's acting like he's got the whole five-pound bag. And he doesn't. He doesn't. There was one woman in particular that he was fond of um, named Jillian with a G. Um, Not a J, with a G. It looks like Gillian. I don't think I've ever seen a Jillian spelled with a J. What? Yeah. I only know Jillian's with J's. I only know Jillian's with G's. 
We don't know the same Jillian. Another poll for Instagram, or is that one bad? Once again, we're bad at marketing. I don't know. We don't know. Is that a bad one? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyway, Jillian actually was his girlfriend of five years, and there was talk of them getting married. I never understand how someone can keep a, like, two relationships running for this long. How is that possible? I don't have enough time. I don't know. I can barely keep one running. I don't have enough time to do anything ever. How, how do I have enough time to keep two relationships going? I mean, there was a point in my life where I had a roster. What, you had like a depth chart for boyfriends? They weren't my boyfriends. You had a depth chart for dick, friends with yeah. benefits? The dick depth chart? Yeah. Okay, that's actually funny. If if I walked into someone's house and they had like a like a roster put up that was a dick, it, like I had them like in my head, I was like this one, this is number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. You gotta write that shit out. I never had more than five though. That was too hard to keep track of. It's enough to field a team. That's all I needed. Basketball at least. Yeah, but I I don't know. And also, I don't think I would stay in a relationship with someone who is married like that for five years. Uh, so from what I did see online, it said that they were estranged at some point. Yes, he and Diane were estranged. So I mean, like, but I, they I guess but they continued to live together up until his death. Weird. Yeah. So they Weird. were estranged, but they were uh, still living together. And also, um, it was also noted in. Every, almost every single article that I read about him, that although they were estranged, they kept a sexual relationship up until the point of his death. I'm glad that they decided to point that out in every single article about a man being murdered. I was like, why is this in every article? They're like, hey, we just want to, I know we're talking about murder. I just want you, I want to make sure that you know know that you know, they were fucking. They They were were still, they were still fucking. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. But um, Jillian worked at the bank that Griffey and his wife did business at. So it made things a little bit awkward because I'm pretty sure that Diane knew that's what was going on. And the home life of the Griffies, like, you know, the financial problems aside, the affairs and the cheating aside, there was also a lot of turmoil within the home. Diane definitely had a drinking problem. Um, She also had a gambling problem. And Kenny notes that there was a lot of anger taken out on Griffey and the children coming from Diane. But Griffey also said that, I mean, not sorry. Kenny also said that Griffey was not a very good father. He, um, in the interview I watched with him, he was like, you know, now that I'm a father myself and I look back, you know, he really wasn't that good of a father. Um, He didn't really elaborate too much on that, but... It just wasn't a very happy household. There was a lot of verbal abuse in the home, and it was just like a really stressful environment. And Kenny also said that there were multiple times where his parents tried to run each other over with cars. Oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's... Casual shit. Pretty indicative. I mean, like, if your parents are trying to run each other over multiple times, like, I, honestly, I could see once. I'll give you one time that you try to run your partner over at your, at your house, you know, in like 15 years... Things get tense. One time you're like, I'm going to run this person over. Multiple times. And then they both tried to run each other over. Yeah, I was like, let's let's live in separate places. Let's get divorced. But just so you guys know, they were still fucking. Yep. Honestly, they were hate fucking, (laughs) I'm sure. After they they would try to run each other over with the car, it's part of their kink. Okay, well, anyway, uh, Jillian, the girlfriend, also recalls a time where the whole family attacked Michael at a barbecue. The whole family? That's what she said. He sucks at grilling. <laughs> They're just like, our burgers are well done, you asshole. And then they all just fucking jumped him. I guess. 
That's what she said. She's like, the whole family attacked him. I mean, all right. Like, damn. He didn't start the briquettes right. Get his ass. What's a briquette? Is it the charcoal? Oh. Um, although the home life was toxic and they all hated each other, the family still decided to throw a New Year's Eve party in 2005 into 2006. The only problem was that at this party, there was someone missing. Michael Griffey. <gasps> Michael Griffey was not at the party at his own home. And no one was like, where the fuck is Michael? See, that's what I didn't understand. No one like really asked questions. However... I think it was kind of well known that there was an affair going on. Oh, they were just like, man, Michael's fucking Jillian again. Oh, he's out with Jill. I, I like to imagine that Jillian was at the party, though. And they're if like, you're Jillian with a G, are you Jill or Gil? It's not Gilligan, like Gillian. I or read Gillian every time I look at it. I don't know. But anyways, I found that strange that there was not more question of like, hey, where's Michael? Like, I feel like if I'm at if I'm at somebody's house and they're not at the party, I'd be like, has anybody seen this? Like, why isn't he here? Yeah, I think feel like it'd be it'd be the gossip of the party. There'd well, be that's so much tea. What I would think. And about fourteen people were at the party, and it was it said that they had a good time. Oh, I imagine way more than fourteen people. Maybe that's where I'm getting. It wrong. Yeah, it wasn't a super big party. It was like it was fourteen. I imagine people. like. I imagine, like, I mean, they got tennis courts, a pool. I imagine, like, 80 people at this party just, like, fucking... Fucking. Bust into EDM or something. No, it was just 14. Just 14. However, while this party was happening, Michael Griffey was there. He was just slain in his garage. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Slain like a knight on a battlefield. Honestly. Um, Michael Griffey was murdered on December 29th, 2005, between the... Just wait. Between the hours of 2 and 3 p.m. And laid in his garage for four days before being found by his wife, Diane, and daughter, Cassandra. So they didn't even find him on the day of the party or the day after. It's like two days after no, yeah. that? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't even, no one, also, no one goes in the garage for four days? Right. That's a long time. Yeah. When I lived in a place that had a garage, we, I was in the garage on a daily basis yeah, at yeah, least once. Same. Same. When I lived at home, I went into the garage every day. Yeah, exactly. Something stupid. Exactly. Here besides Michael. Well, and that's the thing too. And I was gonna talk about it later, but we can talk about it now. When it's Christmas time, it's summer in Australia. Oh yeah. So it's like It's hot. hot. There is no way that this man was, I like not to be gruesome and gross, but he was like. There's a murder episode. He had to smell. I'm sure. If you had a dead mouse in the garage for four days, it would stink in like a hundred and whatever degree weather. Hmm. So fishy, very fishy. So they found him. Michael Griffey was found with three large lacerations to his head and a wound on his wrist where it looked as though he was trying to defend himself. Hmm. His body was wrapped in a striped sheet and covered with a tarp. Oh, maybe that's why they didn't find him. He was covered. Okay, but you have a whole ass man laying in the garage. I don't know. Maybe it was like on a stack of, you know, they got like... A box of Disney VHSs, and they they have like the skis, and then just like oh, that's where we keep the tarp. I don't know. 
I did not see, obviously, I did not see, like, crime scene footage of where he was laying. So, I don't know how obvious. I mean, he had to not be super obvious in there. I'm sure he was behind something. So, so what did they rule as the, the cause of death, anyway? Like, he's got the laceration to his head. Like, he bled out? Like, that's what it was? Yeah. Okay. Like, the blunt force trauma. Oh, he it was blunt. Yeah. Okay, I, I assumed, like... No, he they like cuts. he got beat over the head. Okay. And it cut him with a tool. Okay. Um yeah. So it was he died because of the blunt force trauma. But um when he was found, his car was also found with the trunk open, his briefcase was empty, money was missing from his safe, and two pages of his work diary were missing. December 27th and December 28th. They were just ripped out. So the two days immediately prior to his mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. You think his trunk was open because they were going to put him in there and maybe drive away, but then they thought about it? Or they couldn't pick him up? Yeah. Interesting. I'm not 100% sure. Interesting. Because there was also, like, it was noted that there was blood everywhere. Like, blood around him. Oh, and that wasn't cleaned up? It was just all there? Okay, yeah. so now we go back to the how did you not notice? Right. You're like, yeah, okay, he's covered, but there's blood everywhere, and you're not going to be like, eh. Yeah, it's weird. The trunk's open, it's too? weird. You're not going to close the trunk? You walk into the garage, you see the car's trunk open? Yeah. You're closing the trunk. And there was also a missing tool from the garage that was never recovered. Now, what makes this even more strange was that only Kenny, Diane, and Natasha were the only other people other than Griffey, who knew the combination to the safe. Couldn't they have forced him to open it, though? Well, that's been the argument of if it was not a family member who killed him, couldn't somebody be like, hey, open the fucking, open the safe, fucking safe. Or else we kill you, and then they just killed him anyway. And then they killed him, yeah. Huh. So, but it is also good to note that, hey, these three people know the combo. Now, right after this happened, right away, there was speculation that his son, Kenny, was responsible for the murder. And he was actually the number one suspect for a really long time. Um, it's believed that it's believed that Kenny was the number one suspect because Kenny was very into race car driving at the time. And his father told him that he was no longer going to like fund his racing. Sorry, sorry, Kenny. I just have way too many mistresses. Yeah, I honestly. Give, I can't give you any more money for the cars. I'm paying for the rents of seven different women in town. I can't, I can't <laughs> get your truck going. Can't get your car going. Right. Um, and like we said earlier, the family didn't have a good relationship. And Kenny, Kenny and his father had a strained relationship. Um, but although there, you thought he was the number one suspect, there really wasn't enough evidence to convict him. Um, also Kenny's alibi doesn't make sense because I was watching this interview with him and the, even the person interviewing him was like, there's all these contradictions to what you're saying. Um, Kenny claims that on the day of the murder, he went to the mechanic to fix one of his race cars. The person fixing his car told him how much it was going to cost. He didn't, he didn't have the money. So he went back to his home where he lived with his parents because the whole family lived together. He went home because he was 18 at the time. He went home, asked his parents for the money, and that's when his dad told him that he couldn't give him any money for the car. Kenny claims that he then left the family home and went back to the mechanic to tell him not to fix the car. Now, it's 2005. Why are you going all the way back to the mechanic to say, hey, hold on on the repairs? Why aren't you just calling them? I mean, yeah, but I'm assuming that he did do that, right? Because it could be corroborated with the... With the person who was actually there with the mechanic. 
So I don't think he's lying about going back because I'm sure they asked the mechanic, like, did he come back? And they would be like, yeah. So they did interview the mechanic with what I was watching. But at the time of the interview, which would have been 2020 because it was 15 years ago, they kept saying this happened 15 years ago. Um, The guy was like, dude, it was 15 years ago. I don't remember. Yeah, but I'm sure the police at the time asked him. There were a lot of mistakes made by the police in this. Mm. Um, apparently, the Australian police is, um, you know, also makes mistakes. Well, it's because Australia was an entire country founded by criminals. So that's true. They just can't get out of the cycle. That's true. Can't get out of the cycle. Kenny claims that when he drove home, he passed his father on the street who was also driving. And at this point, it would have been about 3 a.m. I mean, I'm sorry, 3 p.m., which the time of death is placed between 2 and 3 p.m. So how was he walking on the street? No, his dad wasn't. He said, Kenny says that he was in the car and then he passed his dad who was in another car. Oh, in another car. Yeah, so that they were both driving at 3 o'clock, around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But... But if the time of death was 3, he would have already been dead. He would have already been dead. passed him, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. And when Griffey's car was found in the garage, because there's footage of when Griffey went and got gas and drove home, the story that Kenny's saying doesn't make sense because they there shouldn't be as much gas in the car than is in the car. Does that make sense? So Kenny's like, he left and he went somewhere else. And they're like, no, he was seen at a gas station at this time. He would have less gas in the tank if he left like you said he did. Oh, okay, yeah. That makes sense. His dad would have had less gas in the tank. Yes, yeah. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. That Griffey's car would have had less gas in it. Hmm, sus. Sus, super sus. And Kenny says when he returned home, he said that his mother's teeth were broken. and like oh, shit. In the front. <laughs> and when he asked her what happened, she said she broke them on an apple that was too hard. Technically can't happen. Scary. Terribly scary, but can happen. Okay, I didn't know that could happen. Kenny didn't believe her, and she actually went and got her teeth fixed at the dentist that day. Dude, I would too. Well, yeah. My teeth are broke. I'm not hanging out with broken teeth. No. Um, yeah, no, you know how many people I know that, not in Apple, but they've done it on chicken wings? But I'm sure, like, I mean, I pulled a baby tooth out of an apple, so I'm sure that if you have bad enough teeth, you can fuck up your teeth on an apple. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe she, like, doesn't care about her oral hygiene. But she's still fucking. The next suspect was Diane. And for good reason. Griffey had a $1.5 million life insurance policy. And if he died, that money would go directly to Diane. Because she was the sole, what is it called? Proprietor? Benefactor. The sole benefactor of his life insurance policy. And given their financial trouble, $1.5 million would solve a lot of problems, and it would cut out the problem of Griffey and their whole relationship since it was strained. Yeah, because then Diane could stop bouncing checks on both of their accounts. Right. And according to a close friend of Griffey, Griffey was planning on taking Diane off of his will and also taking her off of all the joint bank accounts because of all the bouncing checks and the gambling and all of that. So now two people with motive. Yes. The same friend recalls talking to Griffey right before the murder or when they suspect the murder would be. um, And Griffey told him about taking, you know, he explained that situation. Well, the friend claims that Diane was yelling in the background, like, who are you talking to? Who is that? Classic <laughs> Diane. Fucking Diane. <laughs> but then he said that there was a bunch of thuds on the phone call. 
Like, thud, thud, thud. And wait, what day was this? The day he was murdered. Okay. Yeah. And then when the call hung up, he tried calling Griffey back a bunch of times, and Griffey never answered. Did he remember what time he called at? So it was like supposed to be like 15 minutes before the murder. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Diane was... So, Griffey was out here dating all these women, but Diane also had a side piece. And Diane was dating a man named Rodney at the time. And she and Rodney... We're seeing she, you know, they're canoodling. And Rodney claims that there's no way that Diane could commit the murder because she came to his home after the body was found. And she was so distraught that there was absolutely no way she committed the crime. Bullshit. I've seen, you know, people can become great actors in times of great stress. Yeah. Also, she could have been distraught because she just murdered a man. Yep. Yep. But Diane was also found not guilty due to lack of evidence. They actually put her on trial? They dropped her as a suspect. Oh, okay. Yeah. They dropped... Yeah. I don't think that anyone actually went to trial, from what I understood. That's just... But they were like, it's lack of evidence. Motive means opportunity. That means she was there that day. Mm -hmm. She just didn't hear a man getting beaten to death in their garage? Right. What? Right. This case is ridiculous. Right. I told you at the beginning of this, this is ridiculous. And everyone is lying already. Yes. And it gets worse. Then this is going back to the thing. I don't know if I, if I said it before or after, but like we talked about the life insurance policy. What if they're all lying and the, literally Michael was like, we're broke. I'd rather you guys have money than, than me, be, and me be dead. And they were like, what if you just murder me? And we and you all cover it up, and you collect the life insurance policy. What if it was just like fancy suicide? I didn't think of that. That's all I'm saying. Because literally everyone now has has been seemingly lying. That's a really interesting theory that I did not see online. Because I also went through a deep Reddit thread, and this was not brought up. Maybe he had second thoughts, and that's what he read. He wrote. Well, his, he had more than second thoughts. That's what he wrote in his journal, and that's why they had to tear it out because he was he was talking about not doing it anymore. Maybe he talked about the plan and about how he was having second thoughts about it, and then they found it and they tore him out. I'm just saying this is all speculation, but I think I it's don't a good know, theory. Man. It's a know. really good theory. I'm kind of shook right now. That's a really good theory. I'm a. I think I'm just going to be a police officer now. That's how you do it, right? I think, well. I'm going to walk in and be like, hey. All the training you need. I got good theories. Yeah. So put me on the detective squad. Well, there's one more suspect in this story. And that is Griffey's daughter, Cassandra. Now, Cassandra actually confessed to the murder, which the police at the time thought was absolutely ridiculous because she was 16 years old. It's never the woman. Well, she was 16. Also, they will dismiss women. Yeah, I mean, like, it's never the woman. Well, I mean, statistically though, they kind of would be right though when they say it's almost, it's almost never the woman. Yeah, but most people, you know, she confessed to the murder, and most people believe that she's covering up for the real killer, which is all of them, right? Which we don't know who that is. Um, but also, this is kind of fishy. The night of the New Year's Eve party, Diane's. Boyfriend Rodney. Uh-huh. His son, Shannon. His his son is named Shannon? Yes. Okay, we'll leave okay. that be, I guess. 
So here's Shannon, Rodney's son. Okay. Here's Cassandra, Diane's daughter. Uh-huh. They're dating. Oh, that's that's weird. So my mom's fucking your dad, but I'm also fucking you. On the night of the New Year's Eve party, I guess that Shannon tried to go into the garage. But Cassandra stopped him, and he did go in. He went in, and she was like, what are you doing in here? And, like, freaked out on him and made him get out. And Shannon did notice while he was in there that the trunk of the car was open and that the briefcase was, I mean, I'm sorry, the trunk of the car and the safe were open. See, it's it was so, and you're telling me no one, absolutely no one in this house went into the garage this whole time and noticed all of this stuff when this person who doesn't even live there walks in is like, huh, this stuff's weird in here. Yeah. So that's, there's a lot of fishy stuff in this case. And the fact that they, well, should I give it away? Oh, no, I'm going to stop myself here. Yeah. I'm going to stop myself here. I almost gave something away. Okay, so anyways. So Kenny, the brother, Kenny claims that Cassandra did know what was going on the entire time because he she stopped Shannon. Um, Diane, at, at one point, Diane told Kenny that Cassandra killed her father, got rid of the murder weapon, and put the bloody clothes in a bag and dumped all of it. But it's also known that Cassandra bleached a pair of pants that she was wearing at the crime scene. So why did you need to bleach pants if you're not guilty? Wait, so now Diane knows too? Well, that's what Diane told Kenny. Something's not adding up. So there's a lot of things that aren't adding up. And Rodney, Diane's boyfriend, claims, or boyfriend at the time, claims that Cassandra told him that she murdered her father 18 months after his death. Diane's boyfriend, Rodney. Oh, Cassandra apparently told told him. Mm. Yeah, she told her mom's boyfriend, hey, I killed my dad 18 months after it happened. Well, I mean, I guess she's going to confess anyway, right? Like, she confessed to the cops, right? You said that? Like, basically, immediately. Yeah, but they they didn't believe her. And they were like, you're just a young little 16 girl. You're not going to be murdering no man. You're not committing patricide. What are you talking about? Get out of our office. We're going to go arrest your brother. (laughs) And so, no one... Obviously, no one believed her. There wasn't enough evidence to convict her. To conv- There wasn't enough evidence to convict anybody. However, in recent years, there is a video that has been released of Cassandra basically admitting to the murder. And it was in the documentary that I watched. And the police had never seen the video until the documentary was released. Um, this documentary crew just like making, somehow this, got making it. this documentary being like, this is going to shake shit up. Not being like, maybe we should give this to the police yeah, first. Yeah, right. They're like, they're just inviting like the police captain to their, their red carpet like premiere. Like, you got to see there this. There you go. You got you to see this. Well, it's a really, um, it's a disturbing video. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I'm sure. She's yeah, confessing to her murder. She's basically having a mental break. And she, I don't. Like, I don't know if drugs or alcohol were involved or anything like that, but she's, like, screaming at the top of her lungs. And um, she's screaming out the murder. She's confessing to the murder. She claims in the video that her father was a pedophile. Um, And then, like, she says, like, he was, well, she's Australian, so she calls him a pedophile. She's like, he was a pedophile, and I was just doing what I had to do, and... Her sister is the one who's recording it. And you know that it's her sister because she, like, points at her sister and says her name. Because she's like, Tosh, I was protecting you. And it's, like, 
it's really disturbing. And yeah, the, you, and you the, thought your family drama was bad, huh? And like while all this is happening, Diane is trying to get her to stop talking, and she's like, "Stop talking, stop, Cassandra, stop!" And she's like trying to hold her down on the floor, which like when someone just for a PSA. If someone's having a mental break like that, do not physically restrain them. Yeah, just hit them with a shovel. It stops it way faster. There you go. There you go. But her mom is trying to, like, hold her down on the floor. It. I actually cried after watching it because it was just, I was like, I can't get through a finale without crying, apparently. But That's true. given that video, I, I don't know. It's pretty damning evidence, I think. Yeah. I mean, unless she was under the influence of drugs and alcohol, and then who knows, man? People just say stuff like she, especially when she already confessed to it. Like she could convince herself that she did it. Yeah, it might be doing it. I don't know. We don't know. That's the thing. I just feel like there's a lot of inconsistencies in this that I feel like police work. You could like. I feel like this right? is very solvable. Like, like you could sit them down and really like ask everyone some questions. And there's got to be something here, right? Like, how do yeah. how do they go through questioning all these people and never find like never follow these in, in, inconsistencies? I don't know. I don't know it, either. Hey, I'm it, not a fucking a lot police of, man. Neither of us are police. There's a lot of I holes. Know. I just feel like there's a lot of holes in this story, and I feel like I'm sorry. I feel like this is a very solvable case, but it's clearly not because it's tw- 17 years later almost and, and we're making documentaries about it and we're making documentaries and we're not solving it so it's clearly not as easy as it seems but kenny also claims that if anyone in the family could have killed their father it probably would have been cassandra you were also a suspect though bro so why yeah, am i gonna trust exactly. you like you know what i think uh, I think uh, she killed like, him. Yeah, also, my, my mom broke her teeth. That's kind of that's kind of messed up, huh? Yeah, and it is interesting. Kenny, from what I can tell, seems to not have a relationship with anybody in the family. He refers to his mother by her first name. Oh um, shit! Yeah, yeah. Um, he calls her Diane throughout the whole interview. Never says my mom. Says Diane. So it. I mean, it's a pretty. It's not a loving family. Um, yeah. But there's also a post on MySpace that Cassandra wrote that is also very fishy. And it read, quote, I love you with all of my heart and I'm sorry for everything. Please forgive me one day. End quote. Oh, man. That's even worse imagining, like, whatever song she had as her MySpace profile page (laughs) playing in the background. It's just like Bleeding Love by Leona Lewis. Out of my heart, I'm along the pain. Keep bleeding, keep, keep, keep bleeding, bleeding And you're just like, this is surreal. Yeah, it's a little too on the nose. It was the song that played on my middle school crutches MySpace page. It was Bleeding Love? That's why I thought about it, yeah. We weren't meant to be together because mine was Unholy Confessions by Avenged Sevenfold. We just weren't the same. <laughs> I didn't have a MySpace. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you were in, like, a cult or whatever, so, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was in a cult. Um, but given all that evidence, I find it believable that she could kill her father. I kind of find it believable that any one of these people could have killed him, to be honest. At the end of this now, I I'm like, honestly, I, any of these people could be the murderer. I kind of also think that maybe they conspired together. I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah, no, I think that we all might have talked about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, 
The case of Michael Griffey remains unsolved to this day. The case had been closed, but after the documentary was released on the case, it was opened back up. Finally, forcing police to do their job. Yeah. Um, Griffey's sister has begged the killer to come forward, although she claims she knows who the killer is, but she won't say it, which is very um, Wait, convenient. Griffey's sister? Mm-hmm. So you come forward. What are you talking about? Like, if you know who it is, just say who it is. That's right. stupid. Right. I, I you need she... to be the one that comes and confronts your problem. I'm not going to do it for you. Like, well, that's I... they, they murdered your your brother. What I kind of think she suspects who kills him. And she's like, I know. But I think it might be a suspicion and not actual fact. And that's why. All right. I don't, I don't fucking know. Fine. I don't fucking know. Um... But she claims that she believes that Griffey knew that he was going to die, which is what makes your theory a little bit interesting. Um, Given his behavior the last time that she saw him, he had given her a necklace and he was crying and telling her how much he loved her. And the necklace he gave her was a family heirloom. And and it's suspected that he gave it to her because he was worried that it would be seized in order to pay off his debts. Oh, that's uh, that's bankruptcy fraud. (laughs) Sorry, Michael. That's, yeah. That's illegal. Yeah. Well, so is not paying your taxes. Yeah, well, that's true. So is murdering someone. Also, you know what? Also true. All of these things are illegal. illegal. Um, if you or anyone you know has information regarding the case of Michael Griffey, please contact the Australian police. Or go to the subreddit because there's also that. About 66 comments. <laughs> so, for this finale, this story had it all. Greed, deception, affairs, and death. Unfortunately for Michael Griffey, his murderer was never brought to justice. Michael Griffey had the ultimate betrayal of being killed in his own home, laying dead on the ground while others danced and partied unknowingly in the room next door. Michael Griffey is the ultimate example how even those who are closest to us can sometimes not be trusted. Maybe one day this man will rest in peace. However, today is not that day. Just the fact that one of these people probably murdered him, and it's like a clue situation. Oh, it's 100%. they're, They're all in this house, they're all in this party, and they're like, they're just like, who is it? It's it's Kenny in the garage with the lead pipe, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. God, it's so... There's a lot of it that's very gross. Like, it's just very gross to know that someone knew that this man was laying dead in the garage while everybody else was having a good time in the home. Like, if I had been at that party and didn't know about him being in the garage, I'd be so fucked up after that. Like... Yeah. Yeah, you're That would fuck you up. You're having a fun time, and you're like, oh, man, there's a body there the whole time. Crazy. I mean, I guess it's... I mean, no, it's not the same thing. It's kind of like when you laugh and feel like you're having a good time at a funeral. Huh. I feel like it's nothing like that. Yeah. It's not like that at all. Funerals are either meant to be happy or meant to be sad. You know? It's yeah. like, it depends on the person. If it's a if it's a child, that's not going to be a fun funeral. That right? was, no. If it's an 87-year-old man or something, you know, there might be a little fun there. Especially if they were an alcoholic, because... Everyone loves drinking at your funeral then. And then so it's just going to be a party. Yeah, my grandpa's funeral wasn't too bad. Well, I mean, we work. I work 
and Nina has also worked previously at a restaurant that is across from a very large graveyard. Mm-hmm. So we serve a lot of memorials, and I tell you, there was a, been a couple of memorials where someone's like, get a shot for every person in this room at one point. I carried out 50 shots of Jameson on a tray. You put all 50 on one tray? Yeah, I got skills. What's up? All right. It was a food serving tray. It wasn't like a cocktail oh, tray. Oh, I thought it was on the tray. cocktail tray. And I carried out like 50 shots of Jameson out to a table and was like, here you go. They all took one and they all toasted it. It was an Irish wake, though. So they all toasted the memory of this person. Aw. And they all got slushed. It was great. That's how I want my funeral to be. Want everybody to have a good time. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening, say, you and guys. we hope you guys had a good time listening, uh, listening to this, this episode. episode. Can't stop the segues. Uh, um, if you want more from us, if you were just like, wow, I, I need more. Um, before we do that, uh, I did want to give a special shout out because today, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, oh, is yeah. a fan-submitted episode. Yes. Um, he's not big for um, shout outs, but he always says, if you want to shout him out, then we can. Um, but he asked that we specifically call him Steve from Ohio. So thank you, Steve from Ohio, a very longtime listener uh, to this podcast for um, recommending quite a few yeah, finale he episode has... for, uh, episodes for us. And this is one that caught our eye and we decided to go with it. So thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, Steve. You, Steve. We appreciate this. Um, we appreciate everybody who's ever submitted an idea for an episode. We love getting fan submitted episodes. So that being said, we are moving forward into our next season. We don't have the uh, season finalized yet. So if you have any ideas or any stories that you've heard that you want to us to cover, you can absolutely send us those ideas or those stories. Um, the way you can ta- contact us is through our socials at facebook.com slash white collars red hands on our Twitter at white collars pod. On my our Instagram, which is white collars underscore red hands, you can also send us a send us an email at www white collars red hands at gmail dot com. It's not a web address, so it doesn't nope. have a www. I was like, why is, did I say www dot? It, it is white collars red hands at gmail I fucked up. Anyways, but we also have a website. You can also leave a comment. Just real quick. you leave a comment on our YouTube video. Yes, well. you can on um, Entertainment Buffet page. We have our own little spot where we put our videos. You can comment on there. We also have a website www.whitecollegeonhands.com. There we go. That you can comment on that, right? Uh, you can send us. You yeah. can send us a message straight through. There. There's yeah. a contact us portal on the homepage that goes straight to our email. So you can, you can yeah, you can there too definitely you send us something on there. Um, and if you want to support us through following those, another great way you can support us is also by rating us um, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Both of those have a rating system. It helps us grow. It helps us get into more people's ears. If you get in them ears. <laughs> rate us, if you rate us. Um, <laughs> gross. I don't know why I said it like that. I you always like make it. fun because I say it like that and you always make fun of me. Well, I think, I think it's I'm stuck in my brain it's now. Great. It's stuck in my brain. Um, but an unfree way to support us is by going to our website, clicking on the merch tab, and it'll take you right to the merch. Kashan and I, if you're watching this, are repping hardcore right now. I've got the hoodie. He's got the t-shirt. This is one of the softest hoodies I own. 
Um, shout out to T Public for that. It's extremely warm. Um, luckily in Chicago today, it's very cold, so it doesn't matter that I'm wearing a hoodie because normally Thanks. I would be sweating my boobs off. Thanks, but. summer in Chicago, man. Yeah, it's, so it's like it's a hard fifty-five right now. <laughs> Maybe 60, but it's not warm. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for an incredible season. We will see you next season, season eight. All right. Until next time. I don't know why I fucked this up so bad. (laughs) We'll see you on another Another, season. Another season of White Collars, Red Red Hands. hands. You know that's making it in, right? I know. (laughs) 